Well-known author, investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Well, welcome, 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 everybody. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, another day, another stacked watchdog on Wall Street show. We have uh, quite a bit we have to go over today. Um, I, I do recognize it uh, over the past several months now. Again, I, I'm looking at the calendar, and it's like it's we're halfway through June. We're halfway through June. I cannot believe it. And, well, here on, on Long Island, we're finally starting to enter this phase three reopening. Um, I, I've been trying to get the governor on the phone. Good luck with that. Not kidding. Trying to get Mr. Cuomo, Governor Cuomo on the phone. Well, we've been calling up to um, state capitol trying to, um, but again, it's, it's, we, I live in the land of arbitrary rules that make no sense. And I'm sure many of you around the country living in similar predicaments. It's just make it up. You know how people have their own rules for free parking in Monopoly? The game of Monopoly just makes stuff up. Sometimes you put money there, certain things will happen. It, it, the, the rules are just arbitrary. And I'm trying to get trying to get kids back onto the lacrosse field and our tournaments and practices going, all that good stuff. And they're allowing certain sports to open up they say on July 6th, but for some reason not lacrosse, yet you can play field hockey and you can play baseball and you, you share the ball where in lacrosse you use a stick. to. It's just that, that there's no rhyme or reason to what they do. And again, this is why I have little to no respect for all of these little Lord Farquaad's all over the place. But anyway, I do want to start off today. We're going to go old school. Old school here on the Watchdog on Wall Street Show. We need to get back to basics and talk a little bit about um, retirement. Or how about this way? How about retirement fantasies? Retirement fantasies. That's, you know, fantasies is what, is what uh, the big firms, a lot of the mut big mutual fund companies have been pitching people for years, decades here on the program. Invest with us. And you, the school teacher, will retire with a vineyard in Napa. Right, right, sure. Sure you will. Fantasy after fantasy after fantasy. Again, I, I was taught this when I first got into the industry. It was amazing how little they paid attention, the big firms, how little they paid attention to actually teaching you how to manage people's money properly and how much they taught you about sell, sell. And I remember sitting down in a um, in a sales meeting, and uh, we're all sitting around the table, and they're they're talking to us about finding out, find out what people's, find out what their greed buttons are, find out what they want. Each and every one, everyone's different, and then paint them 
a picture. Paint them a picture of how you're going to deliver all this stuff and make it vivid. Paint them a vivid picture in their minds about all the things you're going to do. And again, everybody's different. Everybody's different. I don't have I don't have clients typically that are ones that I you know I want a mansion and a yacht and a Ferrari. No, I, I, people I have, uh, people that want to do things, they want to give back, they want to build their business, they want to build a legacy, they want to uh, you know give back to their church, whatever it may be. And, and these people can be manipulated as well, and we see that all the time when I cover ripoffs and scams. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Somebody wants something, whatever it may be. And if you're a good enough salesman, this is what they want you to do. And you can paint them that picture. You can get them to do anything. And this is how cons are sold all the time. Let me tell you one of the, the, the bigger cons that's been sold over the past couple decades. And again, this is, it's conventional wisdom. Conventional wisdom is poison. The idea that you're going to be able to retire. I want to retire at a certain age. Okay, you might be able to do that, but what type of retirement are you looking at if you don't prepare properly? What happens if you don't prepare properly? Do you, do you want to make certain sacrifices? It's a story I was looking at this past week talking about the um, how many U.S. public pensions are going to run out of money by 2028. Well, you don't say. And again, in the oh, you know, it was a performance in the market. Give me a performance in the market. Market's done quite well. I, I know it's down this year. Well, we did have a shutdown and a pandemic. It's not because of the market. It's because of ridiculous policies that we've put forward. Where cash and cash equivalents get next to nothing. Let me be clear with everyone. Okay. There's no CDs out there. There's no super safe money out there that's going to give you an unbelievable yield where you're going to be able to take you're going to be able to take your million dollars, your 2 million dollars that you built up over working and saving 40 years that's going to show you a great rate of return. Yeah, we talked about this before in the program. And you can go back to the 1990s. Go back to the 1990s. Right, 10 year treasury, six and a half, seven percent. Six and a half, seven percent. So you're, you're, if you wanted to just say, you know what? I don't want to take on any risk at all. I don't want to take on any risk. I'm going to buy, I'm just going to buy treasuries. And you're going to get $65,000, $75,000 a year tax free. Now, in many places around the country, retirement areas, that's, that's doable. Doable, you sell your house up north or wherever you may be. You take that money, you buy a condo down in Florida, you have money left over, and, and you can get by and you can do okay with that. What are you getting today? What are you getting today? There was a, a, uh, a couple pieces this past week talking about investors approaching retirement and having difficult investing decisions. What are they going to do? Are they, or should, they, should we wait out a, a big rebound in the market? Should we stay fully invested? What, what should you do? And these are the questions. This, this, again, this is the media for you. This is supposed business journalism right now, telling everybody to do the wrong thing. 
And they interview various different people. I got out of the market when everything went down back in 2008, 2009, and I waited to get back in, and now I don't know what to do. Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, people, and I don't sound arrogant. There's a right way and a wrong way. There's not multiple ways. Okay? This, This is not an issue where there's gray areas. I've been doing this long enough. There's a right way of doing things and a wrong way of doing things. And more often than not, people do the wrong thing. You had, what's his name this past week? Jay Clayton from the SEC. I'm going to talk a little bit more about him later on. He's talking about how difficult is people having little knowledge when it comes to money. And they've got a website, investors.gov, that you can go to. People there isn't really much of an excuse, okay? I've been doing this for a long time. You can do your homework. You can take a look at all the angles, but every single time you try to find a shortcut, something bad is going to happen. Everything in life that has meaning, value, and worth involves work, time, and effort. Let's let's get back to fantasies, okay? Let's get back to fantasies. Um, I, I put together, this is, uh, this is a, a year, year and a half ago. We put together a financial retirement crisis white paper. And it's not that long. It's about eight to 10 pages long. And actually it's available. We'll have it up at our website, watchdogonwallstreet.com, where you can, you can download it. You can go get it. It's free. Free. And again, I am, I'm not Mary Poppins. There's no spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down. I'm very blunt in this white paper and telling people you've got to get over, you got to get over your fantasies. You got, you got to come back here to reality. The, uh, the traditional fantasies, the workplace, uh, we're at the door of the workplace, worlds of travel, rounds of golf, family time, all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. We're going to have all the money to do that. Hey, guys, for, for, it's not shaping up that way for millions of Americans. And again, this is another lie that's been sold to people, and some people are angry about it. But I, I don't look at it. That way, because again, it's not so much we put together financial plans. We prepare you for the future. The reality is you're going to live longer. That's right. You are going to live longer. That's a good thing. And if you take care of yourself, not only can you live longer, you can live longer and healthier. Many of the, like I said, pension programs, other safety net programs, are falling on their face. And some of them, you know, listen, they weren't expecting to have, they weren't expecting basically getting zero on their cash over this extended period of time. Yeah, well, this is not reality. You know, built up pensions for decades. You can you generate some return on cash. Now, for all intents and purposes, you're losing money due to inflation. 52% of working-age households are at risk of not maintaining their standard of living, much less board that fantasy cruise. 52%. Now, why, why would you want to get involved? Why would you want to change? You work your tail off your entire life. Why, why would you want to do that? And you want to go backwards? That doesn't seem to make much sense, and you don't have to. 
You don't. We've covered story after story here about aging baby boomers and how woefully unprepared they are for what's going on. You need to um, you need to reevaluate, and that's what we help people do. You need to understand, and again, we don't sugarcoat things here. We don't sugarcoat things. I don't tell people what they want to hear. What's most important for us is where you want to be, your security, and your lifestyle. So, so what we're going to ask you to do here, I'm going to go over our white paper a little bit today. Um, I want you to forget everything. Everything you know about retirement. Okay, oh, yes, you got to shift uh you got to shift the balance in your portfolio. You got to move to conservative assets. Oh, sorry, you file for Social Security, file for Medicare. Uh huh. Planning is—it's not what it used to be. That's why we don't plan; we prepare. We prepare. Let's take a quick break, and we'll get into this a little bit further. Watchdog on Wall Street dot com is our website. Get there. Let me tell you uh, some of the things. Again, not only do we have the retirement crisis white paper, you can sign up, get a free consultation with myself, my brothers, our certified financial planners at our firm, account repair kits. Uh, go back and read all the things that we've written about retirement, financial fraud, scams, everything there at our website and all my TV appearances uh, I'm posting up there as well. It's all at Watchdog on Wall Street. We have a 24-hour-a-day help hotline. That's 800-471-5984. Don't go anywhere, people. We'll be back. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. Okay, you know, it's funny, I'm, I'm just taking a quick look here um, at our retirement crisis uh, white paper. And again, it, it's dated already, a little bit. I'll show you how I dated it. I mentioned what you could get back in back in the 1990s, you know, 6.5, 7% a year. And, and I wrote in the retirement white paper, I said, today you'd be lucky to get 1.4%. <laughs> You're not even getting close to that now. You're not even getting close to that. So, yeah, yeah, it, you have to look at things a little bit differently, don't you? You do. And now everybody's, you know, talking about Social Security. Where's Social Security going to be? Decades ago, one of, the th- one of the things that we told our clients was don't rely on Social Security. Everybody again, it's, oh, it's a third rail of American politics. Why would you rely upon something that you have no right to. You're paying into it. It's a tax, okay? You pay into it. You pay your payroll tax, FICA taxes. You pay into it, and you think you have a right to it, but you don't. You don't. They can cancel it at any point in time and say, well, that's impossible. Nothing is impossible. Are you you taking a look at how much the government is spending right now? Are you taking a look at that? Where's the money going to come from? We're going to keep printing it? And if we do that, is the money down the road going to actually be worth much of anything? No, 
So in essence, people, you have to, you have to budget differently. And there's many financial advisors out there that are, you know, I've seen, I mean, people, oh, you're going to have to save. You know, people in their 20s need to save at least 45, 50% of their paycheck. And I'm like, I see this stuff on TV. I see people write about this stuff. And I'm like, what in the world is that guy smoking? What, what kid? What 20-year-old kid, what 25-year-old is going to be able to sock away 45 to 50% of every paycheck? Unless they're an, an actor, an actress, or, or some sort of professional athlete. How is that possible with student loans and rent and you're just getting started in the world? And again, this is why we're, we're always talking about preparing Preparing and not planning, not setting dates for yourself, not boxing yourself in as an individual. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I understand. Many people don't like what they do for a living. I, I get that. Many people don't like what they do for a living. Many people also get tired. They also get tired. Hey, I said, I have a doctor, a new client comes in and did just everything wrong when it came with his money, trying to time the markets, going in and out, listening to the news. Again, phenomenal doctor, not a very good investor. And he's listening to the program. And, okay, sorry, he knows, though. Not a very good investor. And he might be getting tired of doing the work that he has been doing over the years. He can't keep up with it as much as he'd like to. Wants to change. That's okay. But also doesn't have enough money put away. So what do you do? Well, you have to, you have to look at things a little bit differently. You have to uh, expand your horizons a little bit and say, you know what? Maybe I'll go back and teach a little bit. Maybe I'll work a couple days a week. You know, I, I find that more and more people that get these encore careers are quite happy with it. And I always, I try to put it to people this way, because again, sometimes it, it kind of blows people's minds. It does. Oh, I don't know, well, I'm retire, I, I set this date back, I'm gonna retire at this age. Okay, well, if you're gonna retire at this age, this is how you're gonna live, do you want that? How about working three days a week? How about making every every week of your life kind of like Thanksgiving week, where Thanksgiving's on Thursday. No, almost nobody works on Friday, and you have Saturday and Sunday off. Four-day weekend. And just by doing that, you can do that much more. And you can also allow for more of your assets to stay invested in things that will earn you some money. Again, we, we've talked about, how, you know, listen, portfolio fire drill here, about having Money set aside in cash and cash equivalents because you never know what's going to happen in the market. You never know when a pandemic is going to happen. You never know when something bad is going to happen and being prepared for that. That's why you have to have a certain portion in cash if you're going to actually need that cash. You don't want to look to your portfolio every single month to see what the hell I'm going to sell to pay my bills. And this is the entire preparation concept along with the fact Again, I talk about how people limit themselves. Well, or my advisor says, you know, I, I can't get involved in that business. Some clients this past week. 
invested in a, a, a hotel property last year. It's going to be opening up on the water because they can. That's going to put off income for them. It's going to be another avenue. Don't limit yourself. Don't so much plan, prepare. Get to our website and we'll show you how. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners. All sorts of great stuff there at the site. Watchdog on WallStreet.com or give us a call, 800-471-5984. only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Again, um, I have to point this out. Um, and it's, it's not just in my world, business, financial news. It, it's everywhere. And you know as well, my longtime listeners, the radio show, the podcast, know I cover politics, social issues, everything. Um, we just don't have journalists today. I, I, I personally would not send my, my kid, I want to be a, don't go to journalism school. What's the point? And, it, and if you do go, you know, I just kind of let stuff go one ear and out the other, get your degree and then try to get a job because you're not going to really be a journalist today. There's no, I, I don't, there's, they're few and far between. They really are. They're hard to find. They're given an assignment. They're given a narrative, and they have to write to that narrative. How many times you read an article, you see something, and you know it's clickbait to some degree and how they, they position the title to get you to click on it, look at it. It's going to be some way of scaring you. And you find it, it just there's no sort of curiosity at all. And I see this all the time. It's everywhere, but in particular with business and financial news. And then I often, I often click on the little byline there and take a look at who the journalist is. It's some kid. Some 20 something covering Wall Street and financial planning, and they don't have any clue. There's a story I was looking at this past week. And again, I don't even know how this stuff gets written. It's so juvenile. If my kid was writing writing this for a class in high school, I'd rip them to shreds. I'd take a look. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Here's the title of the article. Who benefits when the stock market goes up? Probably not you. The stock market has proved freakishly immune to the economic suffering inflicting by the coronavirus pandemic, posting some of its largest gains in history. Even as members in one and two American households have lost income. The fact that the market appears disconnected from the pain of average Americans makes more sense when you consider that it's literally disconnected from average Americans. And she goes on to say that more than 80% of all U.S. stocks are owned by the richest 10% of U.S. households. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and she, she gets this according to Edward Wolf, an economics professor at NYU, an author of A Century of Wealth in America. Well, you don't know what the hell you're talking about, and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. 
Really, really. The average investor, they don't benefit when stocks go up. People who have pension plans, they don't benefit when the stock market goes up. They don't, huh? Government workers. Do you think that these pension plans take the cash and stick it in a vault somewhere? Like Gringotts Bank from Harry Potter and it's guarded by dragons? You think that's how it works? Are you kidding me? We all benefit. We all benefit when the economy does well and the market does well. And, and again, they're disconnected from one another. But it's most certainly beneficial. You, you don't think Americans benefit when the economy's doing well and the markets are doing well? And companies feel like expanding and people say, hey, you know what? My portfolio is doing well. I'm going to take a, a portion of my portfolio and start a business, a second business. Maybe I'll open up a hotel somewhere and maybe I'll have to hire 50, 60 people. That doesn't benefit everyone, does it? These people are so bloody narrow-minded when it comes to things. They're so so absorbed and taking a look in what is in other people's pockets. Why do you do that? Does it make you feel better about yourself? Are you that discouraged about your life and the fact that you're not making much as some sort of financial beat journalist for CNBC? Get a second job. Make some extra money. Create something. Build something of your own if you don't like your situation. We'll get into this have and have-nots and tear everybody down a little bit later on the program. But yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's aggravating to me. Anyway, quick break right here. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great stuff. One of the things I want to remind everybody, what we love here in the program, we want to make everybody wealthy. We understand that everyone can become wealthy, and you don't have to do it by tearing anybody down. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We'll be back. You should believe in math, not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Um, yeah, things have gotten a little bit nuts out there in uh, day trading world. Day trading world, penny stock world. Um, penny stocks are, what, up uh, nearly 80% on average over the past couple of weeks? And again, this is where you get idiot journalists. They write stories about this, and they don't put it into any perspective. And they make comparisons. Oh, should these day traders, look at how far they're up. Wow, look, they're up 80%, and they're beating Buffett and all these other people. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> um, they don't understand the size of floats and how you can use a very well, small amount of money and move markets and make these small companies go to the upside, which is great. And the price says, hey, it's here, but then try to sell it some to somebody and see what happens. 
and the price of the stock will just fall apart. Put it this way, if Warren Buffett took, took some of his money, the cash he has, or anybody else, myself, and I started investing it in penny stocks, the penny stocks would be up by 150 to 200%, meaning nothing. means absolutely nothing. The companies aren't worth that. Try selling that to someone. And you might be able to. You might be able to trick somebody into buying the junk. But it's garbage. People are going to lose a lot of money. There's been people that have killed those kids out there that have killed themselves because they all thought all of a sudden it would be a great idea to start trading in, in, in options and utilizing leverage. Who allows kids almost a million dollars in leverage in their portfolio? I'm not kidding. I'm not. I'm going to play for your clip. Again, it's, it's apropos this time of year. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, it's a summer movie, one of my, my favorites of all time, and one of my favorite characters from a summer movie. Yeah, Quint. Quint from Jaws explaining what's going to happen. Have a listen. Jesus H. Christ. When I was a boy, every little squirt wanted to be a harpooner or a sword fisherman. What do you got here? Portable shower or a monkey cage? Anti-shark cage. Anti-shark cage. You go inside the cage. Cage goes in the water. You go in the water. Shark's in the water. Our shark. Farewell and adieu to you fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu you ladies of Spain. For we've received orders for to sail back to Boston. And so never more shall we see you again. <laughs> anyway, uh, and people, my longtime listeners and people that follow this program know how my mind works. And I sub-reference movies and television shows and books when things happen. Whenever, whenever I get people calling me up and asking me about this or that or certain things that I know are not going to work, that are going to blow up in their face, and they're all excited about what they have and what they're doing, and look at this. It's like they, they found, they found it. They, they found it, the holy grail all of a sudden. They found it. They, they, they can make gold. Out. Well, wow, i got to make 80%. Look at all this money I'm making. I, this, that scene pops into my head because more often than not, no matter what I explain, no matter what I do, they're going to do what they want. Farewell and adieu. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Bringing America financial freedom one listener at a time. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. I never, ever get tired of Jaws. Never. Never. It's on. I, I, I flick it on. Yeah, it's good. It's great when it comes on in the wintertime because it, it kind of gets you that feeling of barbecues and summer. Um, if you get a chance, you also have to watch the, the making there's a documentary into the making of that movie, 
and they were talking about, you know, <laughs> what a great time that gang had at uh, Martha's Vineyard back in the 70s filming that movie. It uh, Richard Dreyfus talks about it a little bit. Good stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, let's let's get back into the theater of the absurd. Uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission actually stepped in this past week. They actually, again, they did some uh, police work. They did some police work. I, I make fun of the SEC and FINRA all the time, and my brothers get upset with me. I probably shouldn't do that because they regulate us. I doubt they're listening to me, though. I, I really do. They regulate us, and they can, they can, oh, my God, you forgot to dot that I. Fine. Um, more often than not, they act as not so much crime fighters. They show up after bad stuff has happened. So in essence, they're almost like CSIs. That's it. They're CSI. They sit by. They're not stupid. They're not stupid. They know bad stuff is going on. They just can't really do anything about it, nor do they. A great example of this is uh, the Bernie Madoff scandal. They had everything on Bernie Madoff. We told you about Bernie Madoff, but there was a guy by the name of Harry Markopoulos that actually broke it down mathematically and how his entire thing was a scam. The SEC had that information and didn't act on it. This is the first time that I can remember where the SEC stepped in and said, whoa, 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 this is ridiculous. And what I'm talking about is um, the Hertz, the Hertz secondary offering. You have a, a company out there, a company, a bankrupt company whose shares are, are flying around up, down, all over the place because of these Robin Hood traders and day traders that think that they're so smart. So the company that was bankrupt say, hey, if people are dumb enough they go bidding up our stock to an absolutely ridiculous level. Why don't we just issue more stock and they'll buy it? And that's what they were going to do. Yeah, that's what they were planning on doing. And of course, Wall Street, the big brokerage firms, they're happy to oblige. They're drug dealers. Okay. The big banks, the big brokerage firms are drug dealers. They don't take the drugs, but they are happy to sell you whatever you want. They're happy. If you want to buy her, to them, it's, you know what? We're here to provide a service. Who are we to say? I, I, again, you, these people, you might, they're going to lose their shirts. Well, you know, it's up to them. You don't know that for sure. Yeah, I do. I do. And the SEC came out and they said, we didn't think people, would, they actually said, we didn't think people would be dumb enough to buy stock in a secondary offering of a bankrupt company. Oh, really? Really? And I said to myself, give me a break. Give me a break. You remember how many penny stock firms were out there back in the day? And they're still around today. We cover them today. Get rich quick schemes. Get rich quick schemes. What? what There's something new? We, we've, we said here again, again, get rich quick con artists. It's the world's second oldest profession. The world's oldest profession, I have a great deal of respect for over the second world's oldest profession, which is get-rich-quick con artists. It is what it is, people. 
Everybody wants to think that there's a shortcut. They think that there's a way around it. I'm going to get rich quick. Just watch me. And again, what, what's playing in my mind? Farewell and adieu. Hey, you got Jim Cramer this week. Again, I know some of my listeners, they're oh, I like watching Jim Cramer. The guy, it's like he's uh, manic depressive or something. I, I, I don't know. One day he's open up the country. Next day he's scared out of his mind. He's not going to leave his house. And he's all, he's crying and wailing, looking at the. He's just, Jim, just shut up for once. Stop being so damn mellow, dramatic. He came out and said, sir, I think Wall Street pros are playing a game with these amateur Robin Hood investors. Oh, you don't say, Jim. You know this. You know what these big firms do, but you don't care. You're going to bring the CEOs on mad money and kiss their ass. We know. We know how the game is rigged. Except we here on the program tell this to everyone. We help our clients through all of this. What do you do? Buy, buy, buy. Sell, sell, sell. Come on, man. Anyway, that my uh, stack of scams, I, we haven't really covered them much. Um, it's, it's, it's growing. It's growing. More and more fraud and scams. Um, hedge fund people, investment managers, one's out of Philadelphia, um, basically pooling money together from their investors, promising people the sun, the moon, the stars, and how they had proprietary trading, uh, $68 million fraud, $68 million fraud. What was the name of this one? Broad Reach Capital outside of Philadelphia. Um, another one here, Elm Tree Investment Advisors, Florida-based company. Florida-based company. And again, I want to remind you, these are ones that I happen to find where we've gotten phone calls from people asking us about these firms, and we've warned them. We've warned them. And I'm, I'm being honest, we've struck out. We struck out. I, I, I Listen, I know people's voices. When they're sold on something, they're sold on something. I can try to explain. I can show people how I've covered this stuff. I can point out my experience in covering financial scams and frauds. But I know when I'm getting blown off the phone because they believe in these firms. And what am I singing in my head? Farewell and adieu. I mean, some of these things are sad. I mean, some of these people just don't have any fear of God, I, I don't think. Barred broker taking money from veterans yeah i can go on and on anyway but we got to go to break watchdog on wallstreet.com watchdog on wallstreet.com our newsletter consultations with our certified financial planners got a lot more we'll be back you're listening to the watchdog on wall street Investment banker, consumer advocate, analyst, trader. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. You want answers? Exposing the lies and myths that the big brokerage firms, the mainstream press, and the government are pushing to keep Americans away from financial freedom. You can't handle the truth. Bringing America the truth about what really happens in the financial world. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to indulge in fantasy, but in political and economic reality. This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. 
All righty. All righty. Welcome. Welcome back, everybody. It is the Watchdog on Wall Street Show. Um, again, people who, who've been listening over this entire pandemic crisis um, straight on through to um, we deciding as a nation to rip each other apart based upon race. Without a doubt, I've, I've heard my anger and frustration not only here on the radio show, but also on the podcast that we do every single day. And I'll, I'll, I'll get an article, I get up early in the morning, 3.34 o'clock in the morning, and I'll look out my window and, you know, my backyard, we live on the edge of the woods, just, you know, in the summertime, it's just, it's thick. You can't really see that far. In the wintertime, you can see, you know, farther, because obviously leaves are off the trees. It's, it's pretty out this time of year. Um, New York, New York in the summer is a beautiful place. can be harsh in the winter, without a doubt, but in the uh, summer, it's a beautiful place. And I'm watching all of the birds fly by and, and whatnot. Not so much at 4 o'clock in the morning. I can see outside, but it's so dark then. But I'm looking out my window at my office and, again, trying to make it a good day based upon what's going on. And then I have to go ahead and start my job and I have to start doing my prep work and I start reading things and I just get get upset, get upset. And again, I'm thankful that I have my radio show and podcast. It lets me uh, basically get off some steam. I saw this um, this past week, and I did mention on the podcast that um, part of my childhood that I, I remember fondly is was canceled this summer, decided to cancel it. I come from a, a small town, upstate New York, outside of Albany. And in my, my greater town, there were villages. And there's this little village at the base of the Helderbergs called Altamont. And it's a very, very pretty town. Very pretty town. And, and every year, they have the Altamont Fair. They have the Altamont Fair. And against, you know, for the kids in the town, when we were younger, we would learn how to address envelopes by addressing an envelope to ourself in class. And then you would get the free passes in the mail to go to the Altamont Fair. And this is an old school fair. Yeah. Carnies and all and fixed games and, you know, biggest cows and best chickens and pigs and all that good stuff. It was, you know, old school type affair. And when we got to high school, we got to high school and this is, back in the day where, you know, football practices were actually football practices. We'd go to football practice, double sessions in August, practice in the morning, stay there, eat lunch, practice in the afternoon, hitting all day. Then we'd go to the Altamont Fair and flip burgers or serve ice cream and work there at night till we'd get home at 10, 11 o'clock in the morning and do that for a week. <laughs> um, canceled. Canceled due to the pandemic. Why? Why? There's, there's, there's no reason for it. There's no reason for it. People are just canceling things just to cancel things. Have you actually taken a look at the numbers? Have you? I, um, I decided to push back this week. I did. Um, I, I haven't been arrested yet. I haven't been arrested yet. I, I, I sent out an email to um, my kids, uh, my my kids' parents, uh, my, and just said, "Hey, listen, I, I'm going to start running practice every day 
I'm going to start running practice every day from 8 a.m. to 9.30 at this field behind. We have this moose lodge in our town. If, if you feel safe, you know, have your, have your kids come. An overwhelming amount of kids came out, and I just started running lacrosse practices. I had to. I had to get my mind off all of the nonsense out there. So, so yeah, now I'm running black market lacrosse practices. Why? Well, because kids need to be outside. They need direction. They need some sort of structure. They do. This can't go on. If you take a look at the numbers here, the media, of course, um, it's, it's pandemic porn is what it is. It is. It's pandemic porn. Oh, my God, look at Texas and Florida. So it's an article this past week. Fifteen people went to a bar in Jacksonville after they opened up, and they all got their friends, and they all got coronavirus. And this was obviously a while ago because they're interviewing all these people, and they have YouTube videos about their experience, and they're all fine. Each and every one of them is okay. They're all okay. And you take a look at the numbers. What are the numbers telling you? Yeah, more younger people are getting it. Okay. Okay. Are are they making it out okay on the other side? Sure. They are. But no, 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 no. We've we've got to continue to lock down. We've got to continue to look to our, our fearless overlords for all their arbitrary rules. One of the most startling statistics, and again, this to all of you big government types out there, you big state worker types, bureaucrats, I love bureaucracy types out there. If your bureaucracy is so damn good, how come more than 40%, more than 40% of the people who died were in nursing homes and assisted living facilities? These are people that are at risk that you could have quarantined. It was simple to quarantine, not difficult to do. It's hard to get somebody who's overweight and has diabetes or whatever it may be, has some pre-existing condition that is not in a facility to follow the rules, but these people are in a facility. It would have been easy to do, and you couldn't even get that right. I've said it here on the program. To me, it was almost criminal, almost criminal. Get more and more news coming out about certain treatments and how treatments are working. We had the steroid breakthrough that came out this past week and treating people that were very, very ill, and it's starting to work. Starting to work, and that's a good sign. But what's also fascinating, I'm sure I'm not the only person that has obviously seen this, Um, It's amazing how all of a sudden the media likes pointing out red states that, oh, my God, cases are going up. Well, yeah, yeah, um, you're testing more. Um, You're also testing people that are coming into hospitals. Why are they coming into hospitals? Because they're finally getting their elective surgery done. They're finally getting that elective surgery done that that they needed, and you need to get tested before going in. And they're fine. They're not showing any symptoms, and they're just going to get the thing. And, oh, watch you is. You've got coronavirus. I do? Yeah, you do. I didn't know that. 
Do you know how many people I've spoken to that have tested positive that had no idea? Zip. Zero. Zilch. Nada. We have no idea. No idea. We're going to test everybody. Oh, guess what? Cases are going to go up because many people have it and they don't know. But it's amazing. It's amazing, too, how we're, we're looking at this and looking at Florida and Texas and Arizona and look at how terrible. Oh, my God, it's terrible. They opened up too early. But it was amazing. Wow, geez, the early test results of Minnesota's pro protesters and rioters show few coronavirus positives. And isn't that amazing? Wow, that's a real, man, that's a, that's a picky virus, right? Picky virus, I, 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 I'm, it's not legal for me, not legal for me to take my kids out and have a lacrosse practice because that's just too dangerous. But our elected officials, oh, it's okay, you can go out to a, a protest. You can go out there and do that. that that's okay. That's okay. That, that's, that's not going to do it. It's amazing how that works, right? To this day, to this day, and it's amazing how the human mind works. And I've talked about Plato's cave, the allegory of the cave, and how people look looking at shadows on the wall. The light, the truth is behind you. It's behind you. But people choosing to look at the shadows on the wall rather than looking into the light. How, as a, and I don't get it because I'm a, Question everything, critical thinker. By looking at these arbitrary rules and everything that you've been told and all the lies that you have been told. For crying out loud, Fauci this past week said he lied to everybody. He got little to no attention. Yeah, I lied to everybody about masks. That's his excuse now because I didn't want people buying them because I wanted them, I want them to, to save the masks for the healthcare workers. Nobody even picked up on that. Every model being wrong. Yet, everybody wants to listen. Listen to their, their little Lord Farquaad's, their little fearless overlords out there. You, do you know this? I, many people don't know this. You know how they talk about contact tracing? They put contact tracing teams together to find out how and who might be affected. Do you know in New York City, Bill de Blasio does not allow the contact tracers to ask to ask, if somebody has coronavirus, did you attend a protest in New York? They're not allowed to ask that. You don't think that this might be pertinent over what has occurred in the city over the past couple of weeks? And that's okay. But then, of course, Bill de Blasio goes out and he decides to weld shut the doors of a playground in a Jewish Orthodox neighborhood in Brooklyn. And the, the neighborhood, they, they, they opened it up. Cuomo, Cuomo threatening, threatening us like we're children. I don't know if you saw that, threatening. If I see people, if I see people out and about on the streets of New York City or on the Hamptons and they're not doing what I'm telling them to do, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know what I'm going to punish you guys and I'm going to shut you down. We're going to go backwards. Who the hell do you think you are? And, and, and listen, I, I get it because I, I guess these people get high on their own power because the media fawns all over them. They like they like telling us what to do, like we're their kids. Who the hell do you think you are? And, I, and then I think to myself, you know what? We give them 
this power. You take a look at our, our Constitution and the restraint on power, and we've basically decided to throw that all away and, and forget about the media. I mean, they're just a disaster. But more information coming out, country after country. What was it 98 percent, 98 plus percent Italy people had a pre-existing condition. UK numbers, over 95% had a pre-existing condition. Look at where we are. Look what we did. Look what we're still doing. Need to open up the country now. And guess what? You're going to have to start pushing back. Too many people, too many people out there that live in fear. Fear of what other people are going to think of them. What are they going to think about me? Oh my God, they're going to, they're going to mention me up on, on the next door app. Or, or, on, on, or on Facebook. At some point in time, people, some point in time you have to show a little bit of courage. You have to push back. If we don't push back, these bureaucrats, these people in power are just going to keep seizing it. That's all they're going to do. Stop complaining. Start doing. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners. Again, um... We put up there uh, our retirement crisis white paper available again there at the site. You can go ahead and get that. Watchdog on WallStreet.com and all sorts of other goodies, giveaways, great stuff there. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. Taking Wall Street's liars, crooks, and cheats out behind the woodshed. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. Welcome back, everybody. I had a couple listeners listen to the program, and I've got emails or people. You're a foodie. No, no, I don't like that term. I was like, no, don't call me that. Yeah, you know, foodie is described as like, to me. I, when I think of a foodie, I think of some arrogant snob, nose in the air. Uh, you know, it's about restaurants and stuff. And, and I, I love great food. I do, and I, I talk about restaurants here on the program. And some of my favorites, I actually share with listeners. I actually enjoy doing it. You know, when they're going to certain places that I may have uh, have gone to, been to, um, you know, I point them in the right direction. My, my wife has actually helped listeners here of this program uh, plan their vacation to Greece and tell them what to do. I'm not kidding. I, I, I enjoy it. I do. And, um, also, you know, from time to time, if I, again, I've got three teenage kids prior have playing sports. It was you know difficult for me on weekends and certain times to get into the city and, and meet listeners of the program. I'll do it from time to time. But I'll most certainly point people in the right direction, places that I like people to go to. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going in. I used to enjoy going into the city, going in with my wife and, and friends. It's only 30 miles away from where I live, New York City. Uh, but I have, to, I have to say right now, for the first time in my life, and I was since I was a kid, again, I grew upstate New York two hours out of the city, about 140 miles outside the city where I grew up could have been hell and high water though a completely different place i was always 
fascinated with the place, enamored with the place. Going back to, I remember taking a train, Amtrak train down with my parents and going around the city and going to the observation deck of the World Trade Center. And I was just always enamored with it. For the first time in my life, I have no desire to go back. I don't know if it's going to change. I have some of my great memories there. I have some of my favorite restaurants are there, and, and some of them I don't think are going to be coming back. But I, I, I've had it. I am so thoroughly disgusted, so thoroughly disgusted about what is going on in that city. I'm so disgusted. I, 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 it, I, it, I don't know if, if you have this feeling at all, and I know, maybe it's, you know, I still, still haven't been able to go to church. Church still shut down here. I, maybe I need a, a dose of that or two or more to maybe to kind of lift this from me. But I just, I don't have any desire to go back. I said, I'm not going to a place and, and spending my money in a place where people are dumb enough to elect Bill de Blasio. And other guys like Cy Vance. You know who Cy Vance is? You might not know this. I almost, I, I, again, this is one of the stories that I read first thing in the morning this past week. And I was just angered. And I said, I just, I got to get my work done. And I got to, you know, we'll leave the house at 730. And I got to get to lacrosse practice at the kids so I can forget. Cy Vance is the uh, Manhattan district attorney. Cy Vance is not prosecuting people who have destroyed property. Not prosecuting them. Cy Vance is not prosecuting the people that defaced St. Patrick's Cathedral. They caught them. Caught them, letting them go. I, I saw this past week, I made national news uh, a little bit. Thug, dirtbag thug, walking in the streets, walking down the street of Gramercy, pushes a 92-year-old lady down hits her head, splits her head open when it hits a fire hundred. 92-year-old lady. That's up. Well, you know, there's bad people everywhere. I get it. Do you know that this guy has been arrested 104 times? 104 times he's been arrested. And they just let him go. I mean, everything, sexual offenses on through. How does one, how is still one on the streets? This is a young person arrested 104 times. I, I, listen, I, I, I'm not going, I, I've noticed, I told my wife, I'm, I'm not going back. I, I've noticed, I'm not going back. I said, I can't do it anymore. I can't. It, it's, it's pathetic. It really is. And, and again, you know, you get stories out there in the news, you start talking about, uh, what is that, that uh, chop? What is, that, is that what they're calling it? I don't even know. That's, that's a little attention. It gets a lot of attention news, but I'm just like, I don't care. I don't live there. I don't live there. And again, I know I'm going to get people upset with me. You decided to live in Seattle. Leave. These are the people that you put into power. At some point in time, you've got to make a decision. You have to make a decision. And we live in a big country. Now, do I care about what's going on in their autonomous zone in Seattle? No, I don't. Not a single bit. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We'll be back. Chris Markowski is the watchdog on Wall Street. 
This is the Watchdog on Wall Street. If never I met you. I was going to leave it there. I, 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 I thought about it during the break. Maybe I, maybe I sound a little bit too harsh there at the end. And I don't want people to, to misconstrue. Okay? All of this, all of this destruction, all of this rioting, all of this, the, the, you know, the tearing down of statues and all of this stuff, it makes me sick to my stomach. It does. And again, to see the complete and utter lack of leadership. But again, <laughs> we, we do live in a big country and we do have the 10th Amendment of the Constitution. And if the elected officials in Seattle don't care, you voted for these people. And you're paying taxes there, very high taxes. If you don't feel like you're getting your money's worth, you, you might have to go. You might. And this is one of the things that, you, again, people, you can't be afraid of picking up and going. You can't. There, there's, there's some very divergent value sets in this country at this point in time. There are. And, and you know, we, we can talk about, you know, the little laboratories it was Jefferson. Jefferson talked about the little experiments in laboratories that's going to take place in, in states trying things out. Sometimes you just got to, you have to watch people fail. You're going to have to watch. Yeah, we, we've had, I've had discussions about, hey, you know, maybe we should let some of these states go all out socialist or do what they want to do and so they can, people can see. I, I, I can't do anything about Seattle. I'm not going to say everybody's spending time talking about what's going on here and all this. Pay attention to where you live. Okay. That's the best thing you can do is to focus on where you live and your community and what's going on there and taking care of it and being involved in your community. So you don't have a situation like that. That's, that's all you can ask. And guess what? You can only do so much, and you do the best you can. And at, at some point in time, it says, you know what? I've got to go. I've got to go. And, and again, in today's day and age, it makes it easy. It's much easier to move today than it had been in the past. Again, we're, in my opinion, we're, we're just heading in opposite directions right now as far as the country is concerned, and this is exacerbated by the media. But you can. I had many, many clients that are moving out of cities and places and their companies are letting them do it. Sure, sure, you can move to Nashville. Sure, you can move to Florida. Sure, you can move to Texas and you can continue to work from home. And that's going to continue. You don't have to live like that. You don't. Anyway, could talk a little bit about the Fed and you know the Fed coming out. Buying corporate bonds too if we need to. Haven't done it yet, but they said they're going to do it most certainly has, has lifted the markets up to some degree. And if you don't think it's played an enormous part in the run-up in the markets, you're crazy. Of course it has. Of course it has. But then you got people coming out and talking about, well, this is one of the biggest bubbles I've ever seen. How do you figure? You had Jeremy Grantham talk about this. One of the biggest bubbles I've ever seen. How? It's comparing apples to oranges. You can't. You can't when you have interest rates as low as they are. 
when you have the Federal Reserve pumping that much money out there and everybody still believes in the system, it really can't be a bubble, can it? The terrain is different. The terrain is much, much different than it used to be. Yeah, I've talked about money, and I've tried to explain money to people here on the program. It's paper. That's all it is. It's paper. And we're basically again. It's a. I can't. I, I get yelled at. Got yelled up by my uh, one of my workers. Said, Don't say that. I said it on air, so it's not politically correct. Um, way of putting this. Um, we we are. We're bigger than everybody else is right now. We don't have negative interest rates here in the United States. Where are you going to go? Where else are you going to go? There's more, but still more, greater belief in the United States than there is anywhere else. That's why we're getting away with this. But believe me, that can end. It can. We cannot go to negative interest rates here in the United States. It's one of the things that's actually separating us. But here you go. you got these wizard of smart uh, Fed economists out there saying, well, you know, in order to have a V-shaped recovery, we may need to have negative interest rates. Don't do it. Don't. Not a good idea at all. We're still attractive because you can still get a rate of return here in the United States where you can't elsewhere. Don't do it. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Again, our newsletter, consultations with our certified financial planners, all sorts of great stuff there at the site. Watchdogonwallstreet.com, our 24-hour-a-day help hotline, 800-471-5984. The only man who is taking on the Wall Street establishment. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Yeah, um, over the years, over the years, uh, kind of dating myself to some degree, some of our younger listeners out there, back in the early days of uh, CNBC when um, the Federal Reserve was having a meeting and or they was going to speak somewhere. They would have this little joke going. It would be Alan Greenspan's briefcase indicator. It was like a little CNBC. Ha ha! We're being funny. Well, what is the Fed going to do based upon the size of Alan Greenspan's briefcase? Anyway, um, I I often over the I, I look at some of the things that Alan Greenspan said. Other people said, and I'm like, what? Why are you kidding me? It's it's hard for me to have respect for people that go out and pontificate and are wrong all of the time. You know the media media will build these people up again and again and again and tell you how how star spangled awesome they all are and how bright they all are, but they're never right. Never right. Many of the recessions that we've had over the past several decades have been due to the Federal Reserve. And these so-called wizards of smart. Yeah. And again, here's another example of just how inept. We've got the latest, latest Fed program, the Main Street Lending Program. 
Main Street Lending Program, and it's gone live. Gone live. And the Fed is looking for banks to sign on to this program to participate right now. This, this program, it, it could have been so simple, so easy, but they can't even get that right. It is so damn complicated. You know, I think it's complicated. Anybody play a game as a kid? It was, it was one of my, my favorite ones when I was younger, the game of Mousetrap, where you, you put together this super complex mousetrap throughout the course of the game, and you turn the crank, and it, it kicks the ball, goes down the thing, and it goes down this and pulls. It's, you, know, you have to, it was, it's fun. I loved it when I was a kid. But that's what these wizards of smart do. Rather than create something that's simple, that's used to... No, they got it's got to be super-duper complex and not the slightest bit user-friendly. And that's what, right now, the Main Street Lending Program is. It's just, none of these people, none of these people, these people that we are supposedly so smart, they couldn't run a lemonade stand properly. They couldn't own any sort of business. They don't have a clue on how the world works. But again, again, they're uh, eggheads. They're the intelligentsia. They're our betters. They don't have to. They can do whatever the hell they want. Anyway, let's talk a little bit about the retail sales numbers. Everybody went gaga this past week over retail sales. Are you surprised? I wasn't. Not in the slightest. You start opening up the country and stores are opening up. Uh, what do you think one of the first things my wife wanted to do when we went down to Florida a few weeks ago? She wanted to go shopping. She wanted to go out. She wanted to go to the store. She wanted to go shopping. Not to mention, a lot of people out there have got more money in their pockets. That's right. How could that be? Well, we'll get into that when we get back. Anyway, got to take a break. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. Watchdogonwallstreet.com. We shall return. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street. You should believe in math. Not magic. You're listening to The Watchdog on Wall Street with Chris Markowski. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was not surprised in the slightest when it came to the retail sales numbers. Actually, a record. Retail sales rose a record 18% in May. Um, again, it's the, it, all the gloom and doom out there, there's a large swath of the country that actually hasn't missed a beat actually hasn't missed a beat many people making the same amount of money same amount of money that they were prior to this working from home except what well they're not paying for their commuting costs uh they really haven't been filling up their gas tank much uh, they haven't been going out to eat they haven't been going to sporting events haven't been able to go to the salon and get the hair done as much as before or the nails done as much before, meaning what? They've got more brass in the pocket. 
Pretenders. It's a great song. Yeah, they have more brass in the pocket. And now they're starting to spend it. And it's amazing. Take a look at some of these high-end retailers, and they're going to do pretty well. I also want to talk about some changes that I see taking place. Yeah, we've already talked about real estate at great length and how are leaving for good. Uh, I, I speaking with, uh, I, I live, like I said, I live 30 miles outside the city. We've got a really good school district here, North Shore, Long Island. I speaking with some realtors here all over Long Island, other places around the country. They are slammed. Slammed. Many, uh, it, it is a uh, seller's market. Now, again, you had this past week, you had the um, housing starts numbers, which came in lower than expected. Everybody said, wow, she's lower than expected. Well, you might want to have taken into consideration that many of the home builders out there had difficult time getting workers to build homes and start homes because everybody's staying on unemployment at over $50,000 a year, not having to do a damn thing. That, that might be a problem, and we've talked about that here on the show as well. But existing homes? <sighs> Holy shnikes, people are on their way out. And, and people as well. They're also deciding to live their lives a little bit differently. Try, try getting a pool built right now. Yeah. You want a business that is booming? Pools. People say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be locked up here. We're going to be spending more time from home. Uh, guess what? You know, I don't want to go to the community pool. I don't want to go to the club anymore. I'm going to put a pool in at my house. Pool builders are slammed. Home kitchens, outdoor kitchens, excuse me. Fancy outdoor kitchens. Try getting one of those built. You're going to wait. You're going to wait a while. <laughs> That's just the reality. You see, people's habits are starting to spend. How they go about spending, they're, they're, it's going to go in a different direction. It's going to be a lot more backyard barbecues. That's for sure. Anyway, um, speaking of the, the whole unemployment stuff, uh, Larry Kudlow took a page from our book here at the Watchdog on Wall Street Show, and he is suggesting replacing unemployment benefits with a return-to-work bonus. Again, this is the ultimate. This is the society we live in. You get a participation trophy. Think of it that way. Think of it that way. It is the Donald Trump, Larry Kudlow, Steve Mnuchin participation trophy check if you go back to work. Now, I'm making fun of it because, you know, it's pathetic and sad that that's the world we live in. But that's the terrain. That's the world we live in. And I do believe it's the right thing to do. Why? Because we did the wrong thing. And we decided to give $2,400 a month in federal unemployment through July, which was exactly the wrong thing to do. But that's what we did. So again, the Grand Church of Unintended Consequences in Washington, D.C. is going to put out another fire that they caused. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? All those arsonists in Washington, D.C., and they're also the firefighters as well. <laughs> again... Keep printing, just keep printing, just keep printing, just keep printing, printing, printing. There's Dory from Nemo. Um, one of the, the concerns that I have, we're talking about the, the Federal Reserve, and now they're buying 
buying corporate bonds and they're buying ETFs and all that stuff. Um, there is the fear. There's the fear. And I, and I, again, it's nothing new to what we've talked about here on the program is we are, well, we, we live it, walking dead corporate America, zombie companies, companies that should be dead. Again, nothing wrong with dead companies. It's not. Rest in peace, XYZ. If XYZ did the right thing, if they continued to grow, if they didn't screw up, well, guess what? XYZ would still be around. Instead, XYZ dies. XYZ dies, and somebody else comes along and does a better job and then has access to the capital. What we're doing right now is what? We're keeping companies alive that shouldn't be. That thwarts progress. That thwarts productivity. This is what we end up in a Japan type of situation where we just flatline forever. Where the nation becomes a zombie. And we don't have any growth at all. And the people in power remain the people in power. And the elites remain the elites. And we just kind of go along with it. Because we've got our Netflix and our Hulu. Now, nah, I, I, I don't want that. We've already, we've already got uh, enough already, and I've already talked about the need to break up the big banks, the need to break up Boeing, the need to break up some of these search engines, Amazon. Yeah, yeah, they've become too big to fail. And that's, no, that's not where we want to be. There shouldn't be anything. There should not should be no such thing. Too big to fail needs to be outlawed. Yet nobody in Washington's doing a damn thing. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. Don't touch the dial. We'll be right back. Uh, if you do have to go somewhere, make sure you're getting to that website. Watchdog on WallStreet.com. We shall return. Chris Markowski is the Watchdog on Wall Street. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. 